Hello, and welcome to the Claremont Bible Fellowship Bible Instruction Time. We now turn you over to our speaker for the day. Our speaker today, Bill and Deborah, have been in our fellowship for many, many years, and we're happy to have him with us. So we'll turn the remainder of our meeting this morning over to Brother Frankie Gomez. Good morning. Um, today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Um, we'll be breaking into the Lord Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Um, the passage we read from Philippians chapter 4 is something that um, as as I was reading through and listening to the Sermon on the Mount this week, uh, um, each morning on my way to school, um, I was listening to I was listening to this piece of scripture here in Matthew, starting with the Beatitudes and going through the wise man and the foolish man. Um, one of the um, a show that my wife and I have been watching, um, trying to catch up to where they are, is um, the Chosen, um, which. Um, I try to, I look at what, what's coming up in the episode and I read in the Gospels so that um, the Lord <clears throat> teaches me what He wants me to know from it and then see what comes out from the producers who are making this show. Um, and I know we're getting close to the Sermon on the Mount, so I wanted to see, uh, wanted to read it for myself, listen over and over again to see what the Lord is teaching me and... Um, um, I was preparing to be sharing from Galatians, and um, a brother Don brought out a book by Warren Wearsby. I have a lot of Wearsby's commentaries on um, the different epistles, and I'd been reading that um, in my personal study and had a, a couple messages ready from Galatians, but um, been thinking about the Sermon on the Mount and the way that um, the Lord has been teaching me through it this week. Um, and then last night, a devotional video, a little series that we watch as a family for the kids, um, focused on the lilies of the field um, and what Jesus taught about the lilies of the field. And, um, you know, just talking with my wife about what I was going to share uh, this morning. And, you know, she said, you know, we're, why don't you just pull something about from that, from that, and um, furiously writing down notes and things as the Lord was teaching me um, just last night. So <laughs> bear with me as um, I think this is, uh, it's something that I've learned. And, you know, each time I've read the Sermon on the Mount, different parts of different times in my life, it's a portion of Scripture that um, I, if you've read through the Gospels at all, you've read it, you've read it through a bunch of times. And um, each time I, I feel like I see the thrust of it. It's one message that the Lord Jesus gives. One, one message. It's the longest portion that he's teaching, that it's recorded down in Matthew's gospel. And each time I read it, a different season of my life, a different season of, um, of where we are in, in the world and in current events, I I see that a thread, a different thread running through it. Um, it's not to say that 
the words are different or the mean is different or the teaching of the Lord Jesus is different or we can make the scripture say what we want it to say. It's not that at all, but it's that the Lord's it's the Lord's truth that this is his living word. Um, and that no matter when it is, it, it pierces the heart. Um, and each of our hearts are in a different place at different times and different seasons of life. But yet it the, the word of the Lord hits us right where we need it to hit. Um, so I'm kind of inviting you into my family and into my heart to see it as the Lord was teaching me. And that thread that I've, that I've seen and just heard over and over again this week is to wholly trust the Lord with my future, with my children's future, with the future of this country, the future of this planet, with all of those things that keep us up at night, to trust the Lord because He is worthy of our trust. And so much His thoughts are, like we were reading in Isaiah, His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways higher than our ways. Um, And that anxiety that we hold sometimes um, is, it, it, it belies a lack of trust in the Lord. Um, a lack of trust in His goodness, a lack, in, lack of trust in His mercy and His grace and His love for us. Um, so, I want to read these ten verses. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. <clears throat> Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, Shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, Take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Um, While um, I feel in in that thread of trusting the Lord, these ten verses um, hit the hardest. Uh, Through the, like I said, through the Sermon of the Mount, I, I see in this season of life, this this piece of the Sermon of the Mount was the climax of this thread. Um, 
coming up from, from the Beatitudes um, to the similitudes of the believer to the, the spirit of the law, the instruction about prayer and fasting, the law of riches and the heart. Then this passage coming up. Then judging others. The power behind prayer is a good God. Um, the two ways. False profession. And finally, the wise man and the foolish man. I, I've seen it all. I've heard it all this week through that, that lens of teaching my heart to trust God and only God. Leaving this part as the climax of that. Um, in these ten verses, we see take no thought three times. Um, verse 25, 31, and 34. Take no thought. Um, be not in care. Be not in care would be the, the direct translation. Be not in care or, or falling into care. Um, it's three times, but it's not a, a vain repetition. Um, this sin of of anxiety and, and care for the morrow and care for our life. And um, it's, it easily besets us. Um, it easily besets me. I know that. Um, how much in, the, in this last week, in these last 18 months, have we spent reading and watching and talking about the future and talking about, about um, politics, economy, uh, the future of our country in this last week, Afghanistan, as if we've been paying so close attention to that in the last 20 years. Um, you know, 18 months of COVID arguments. Um, where is our treasure? Uh, that passage that immediately precedes this one. Where is our treasure? Um, it's this, the Lord Jesus here isn't forbidding thought or care about the things of life. Um, the, the casual thought or care or the work that we do. Um, we, we think of the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31, how she gets up early in the morning and, and she makes plans and she spins and she's very careful. Um, Proverbs 27, 23, right before that, be diligent to look after your flocks and the state of your herds. We know that we work hard. We, we do um, work hard in our, in our life. But um, Paul uses the same word, in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty eight, 28, about his care for the churches. Um, Philippians 2, 20, Timothy cares for the state of souls. We know that we care. Um, I, in one of the, the commentaries that I looked into was Matthew Henry's commentary on the Gospels. And um, in this passage, he says that this kind of care, he describes it as a disquieting, tormenting thought, which hurries the mind hither and thither, hangs it in suspense, disturbs our joy in God, dampens our hope in Him, it breaks our sleep and hinders our enjoyment of ourselves, our friends, and what God has blessed us with. It is a distrustful, unbelieving thought. Um, the, this is the thought that the Lord Jesus is saying, take no thought, this, this anxious Kind of like what we read in, um, in what, what our brother Dennis read from Philippians chapter 4, being anxious in nothing. Um, so what I want to do this morning is take those three, um, take no thoughts, 
Um, we won't take them in order. We're going to do the first one, the last one, and then the one in the middle. Um, that first one in verse 25, take no thought for your life. Take no thought for your life. Um, you know, we can't, we can't lengthen it. We can't shorten it. Um, not, our, not in ourselves. Um, we, we refer to God. We submit to God when it comes to the bitterness of it or the sweetness of it, the comforts of it. Take no thought for our life. Um, the last one in verse 34, take no thought for the morrow. Um, how I'm going to live this next year. How, how I'm going to be comfortable when I'm old. Um, or what will I leave behind for my children? We know do not boast in our plans for tomorrow. Um, and in the in-between of those two take no thoughts, we see the Lord Jesus' reasons and arguments that leads to that the middle take no thought in verse 31. Um, his reasons for take no thought for your life and what we shall eat or what we shall drink, nor yet for your body or what you will put on. Um, his first one is the fowls of the air. Um, the fowls of the air. And he, he says, behold, the fowls of the air. Look at them. Look at them and learn from them. What do we learn from this? What the Lord Jesus said about the fowls of the air. They sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Um, the providence of God. You know, it's... The fowls of the air, I don't think he's speaking of the sparrows. He's not speaking. He's speaking of these, these birds that, um, that just fly about and they swoop down and, oh, there's a fish on the surface. They swoop down and there's a mouse in the field. And it's provided. It's provided by God. Um, the providence of God. In Psalm 50 and verse 11, it says, He knows all the fowls of the mountain. And you think of the the mountain birds, the birds that live on cliffs, and how, um, how transient their food sources are. Uh, you know, they, they, they fly out to sea and may fly for miles and miles. And as um, someone who spent a lot of weekends out on a boat, you know, fishing in the Atlantic or in the Gulf, and you, um, you, could, be going for, you could be going for hours um, looking for you know, some signs of fish, you know, maybe a, a, a weed line in the water or a piece of floating plywood. And it's just of the Lord. Um, and there's fish underneath it. But the surest sign that there is fish somewhere is those birds. Of those birds, those, the birds that are on the cliffs, the birds that are, live on the islands, and they live miles and miles from where their food source would be. And that's where they make their home. And they just fly out in the morning in search of food and they all find it. God's provision. Some animals do make provision for it. Some animals work hard. We know ants and, and bees and squirrels and chipmunks, they, they, they work hard for their food. They search for their food. They make plans. Um, but we're to learn here of the birds. Their eyes wait on the Lord. 
Their eyes wait on the Lord, and he always provides. And then at the end of verse 26, are you not much better than they? Are you not much better than they? Um, think of what, what the Lord did in creating man. Think about how he has moved in the course of human history. The birds don't think about that. Um, the birds don't have the Lord's breath of life, and they don't have that spirit in them. Uh, but we do. And the Lord cares for us even much more than the birds. Uh, verse 28, um, consider the lilies. And this isn't just look at the lilies, it's, it's think about, really consider the lilies of the field. Um, their, their growth is completely dependent on the Lord. And we heard a little bit about the growth of gardens. Again, our brother brought out, you know, you, you plant things and it's of the Lord. It's completely of the Lord that these things grow. I, you know, I, we don't understand. Sometimes you could fertilize and you water and the thing just doesn't grow. But then something else, I know I, I taught with um, one of my coworkers a little while ago. She um, was renting this place, um, this house that had just an overgrown backyard. And it, she said, no matter what I threw out there, it would grow. She, Halloween one day, they roasted pumpkin seeds and she didn't get all of them. She just threw the pumpkin seeds out and, and it started growing. And you know, a couple of months later, there, there's you know, this vine growing through her backyard and the same thing with a peach pit. Just throw it out there and it, and it like, what in the world, why does it grow? Um, and some people take care and they try to grow these things and they can't. Um, we don't know. We think we know. We do our best. Um, but it's God who gives the increase. Um, not just growth, but the beauty of the lilies of the field. Um, their colorfulness. Um, it, we, can't, we, don't, we can't make that happen. Um, and then think of their frailty, though. And they're just grass. Um, they toil not, free from care. We spin and we labor. You know, we're not to be idle. Um, but the work that we do um, and we get to this a little later. The, the work that we do is for the glory of God, right? The work itself, um, the work itself is not a glory to God. Um, you know, I, when we first moved to Claremont, um, and, you know, Billy said we've been here many, many years. It's, um, I think, 2008, so 13 years. When we first moved here, I didn't have a job. I didn't, you know, we moved... Um, we moved and I was looking for work. Um, I hadn't changed careers into education yet. But um, it, just because I didn't have a job doesn't mean I couldn't glorify God in what I was doing from day to day. Um, and, you know, sometimes we mistake those things. Sometimes, sometimes we think, um, you know, because I, I don't have a job or sometimes... Um, sometimes we think um, we can't glorify God. Um, we can, and it's not the work itself that is a glory to God, 
but it's our faithfulness to Him. That's a glory to Him. If we, for sickness or something we worry about, for lack of freedom, cannot work, it's not going to take any glory away from God. If we, if, if we lose our rights in this country, it's not going to take glory from God. No one can take glory from God. Is it, are, the, are the saints in, that have been in Cuba for generations, have they not been a glory to God? The saints in China, have they not been a glory? The saints in Muslim countries, have they not been a glory to God? Um, they have been such a glory to God and, and, and praiseworthy. Um, if we cannot work, it doesn't keep us from honoring God. Um, and consider, consider how they grow. Um, a lily, uh, if you've seen its root, it's an ugly, bulbous root um, in the ground. A lily or a tulip, they grow from you know, two of the most beautiful flowers. They grow from this bulbous root. Um, it's interesting, the Lord cho- chose lilies to speak of here. Hosea 14.5 says, Israel is to grow like a lily of the field. Um, you know, out of obscurity to David and Solomon and then back into obscurity, the occupations. Um, verse 31, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, and wherewithal we shall be clothed. Um, the Lord repeats that. And then this challenge, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. you know, after these things, the Gentiles seek. The Gentiles seek. Those that think, you know, that it's through their hard work that they have the things that they have. And if they, um, just in that time, if if they would be more Roman at that time, that's what it was. If, if you just be more Roman, you would have blessings, earthly blessings. You, you could have treasures if you just took the side of the Romans. If you just chose the side of the Romans. That was the only way for someone not, not born into wealth. Just... Just go the way of the Romans. Go to their schools. Drop out of the Hebrew schools and take the way of the Gentiles. Take the way of the Romans. And you could have wealth. You can work for them. I don't know, like, like Matthew did. Like Matthew did as a tax collector. Um, sometimes we get caught up. We get caught up in arguing for the American dream, for this, this hard work, and, you know, and we have what we have because we work hard. And forgetting, we have what we have because of the blessings of God. It's from His hand. Um, we know better than the Gentiles um, because we know the true God, the good and holy God. 
And He knows and cares for us. He knows and cares for me. Um, And then in verse 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Here, that seek, to, to go after, to discover. Um, it would be an argument against idleness being taught in, this, in these sections. Um, we are to expend our effort and our strength, but not to go after the cares of this world. We expend our effort, our energy, and our strength for the kingdom of God. And we seek in in our work, we seek in our busyness and in anything that we put our mind and our efforts to, we seek to glorify God in those things. We seek for it to be a glory to God. And in the conversations and the relationships that we expend our energy in, we, we, we seek those, those relationships to be a glory to God, to not, have, to not have secular friendships, to not just have relationships that are of value to us in this world, um, but that all our relationships would be of value to the Lord. All our friendships, all our, our, our business partnerships, all of that, that they would know, that they would know that we know the God of the universe, that we know the truth of the gospel. Um, The things that we are to care about would be pleasing God in all things, and He will provide for us. Take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You know, every, you know, every generation, every generation says it's worse than it was before. It's worse than it was before. And who knows when, when my kids are adults, um, what, what they will see be the Lord not come. Um, we can see that the further we get along in history, the further we move from what God designed on this planet. Um, The more deception is out there, the more lies take hold. Um, Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Take no thought for the morrow. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And, and the people will see our rejoicing. They'll see our joy, especially when the times get difficult and times get tough and times, um, and times become just full of anxiety and depression. And they'll see our joy. They'll see our love for each other and for them. And that's what they'll take note of. They'll take note of our, our freedom to have joy. Um, and, they'll, and that's what they'll notice. That's what they'll notice. I see um, you know, a lot of 
Um, a lot of a lot of things that get posted on social media, and you know, friends that I've grown up with, and people post their thoughts. Um, you know, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all of these social media sites, and um, you know, the people that I know that have not either have never professed faith in Christ or have gone away. I, I don't think I've seen a joyful, a happy, even post about their family in two years. Nothing joyful, nothing joyful, anxious, worried, complaining, accusatory, judgmental, hateful on one side or the other. Um, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Just be a glory to God. Be a glory to God. And the cure for anxiety is trusting in the Father's care. The fowls of the air, they're not complaining. <laughs> they're not worried. They're not anxious. They go about their business and the Lord provides. The lilies of the field, how silly it would be to think of a lily, you know, that's, that, hasn't, that hasn't, um, come, hasn't opened up as a flower yet. Just how silly it would be to think that the lily is trying and, and through its effort, the lily, is, you know, has some glory and has that beauty. It's just the, it's just the Lord. Um, it's just the, the Lord's provision. Um, you know, we, our effort, our thoughts, our care um, is to be for the kingdom of God, um, for His righteousness, and all the things that, that, that the world goes after, seeking to be fed, seeking to be clothed, um, seeking um, shelter, um, the Lord will provide it for us um, when we seek um, the things of His. Let's pray. Our God and our Father, we thank You. Um, we thank You for, for Your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, as He came and... Um, his words were, were written down um, for us, um, the things that he did. And as in John's gospel, it says, if, if everything was written down, it would, um, the world would not be able to contain the scrolls. Um, but Lord, we're thankful for this teaching, this teaching about the fowls of the air and the lilies of the field. Um, Lord, help us to not be anxious, to not to not lose sleep about tomorrow, but Lord, to turn it all over to you. Uh, Help us, um, Lord, to take captive every thought. Um, Lord, and consider it with, um, as taken care of as we lay it at your feet. Lord, we've trusted you for the salvation of our souls, for our eternal future. Lord, help us to to trust you with this planet that you created, Um, to trust you with our our physical lives and our needs. Lord, help us as we go from day to day and um, conduct business and, um, and conversations with unbelievers and believers alike. Um, Lord, help us to turn every conversation um, to a consideration 
of you and your goodness and your faithfulness to us. For those conversations with unbelieving acquaintances and friends, Lord, we pray that we would turn the conversations to the gospel. Lord, and how much, how much you love them, that you gave your son um, as a sacrifice for their sins. Um, Lord, again, we thank you for your word. We can open it and we can read it and your Holy Spirit would teach us and lead us into truth, um, convict us of sin um, and lead us into um, lead us into truth. Lord, we ask that you would um, now take us back to our homes in safety. Um, Lord, again, we thank you for your your word that we can learn from. Um, and we ask um, that you would um, give us opportunities in our lives and in, in the coming days um, to seek first the kingdom of God and to see how you've provided for us. Lord, we pray these things and thank you for these things in the name of your Son, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.